1: And without further ado, let's begin. Listening to some of the stories here just sort of reminded me of something that happened during my holiday this past Christmas. I went on a family holiday with my dad, mom and brother to Tasmania, which is kind of like a big island to the south of Australia. I wasn't terribly interested in the trip I just wanted to spend some time with my family so I left all the bookings to my dad and I never will again but he has his own Airbnb that he manages so I thought that he would be able to find a decent place on his own. When we rocked up to the Airbnb that my dad booked the first thought that I had was if I wanted to sell drugs I would do it here. My mom was not impressed at all and was already telling my dad off for booking it. I didn't say anything though. I mean, maybe the inside is nicer. Who knows? But boy, it was it a dingy little house. The paint was peeling, the roof was rusty, there were plants overgrown to the side of the building. Imagine that it's grown into the actual foundation and the wooden planks as well. There were three entrances as well. The first one I worked out was the entrance for the host. It looked okay I guess, not as bad as our entrance, a little tidier, it went downstairs so we figured that after a while the host most likely lived below us, the second looked like it was the main entrance to the house but it was sealed shut, the door looked like it would break down if anyone was to even push in it slightly and was obviously unused, the third was ours and aside from the overgrown plants it was fairly normal I suppose. From the looks of it, we figured out later that it looked like the host had divided the house up somehow. She must have lived below. We live upstairs, but there was one half of the house upstairs that wasn't accounted for. Hard to explain, but the space we occupied only accounted for maybe half the house, and it only went up to the main entrance that I spoke of, which is the middle of the house. We checked in, just grabbed the keys. The host has never contacted us at this point and all was well on the inside it did look a little old but wasn't creepy from the get-go i did notice some odd things though i only mentioned this to my dad but there were a bunch of antique instruments displayed at the entrance and right on the top of one of the pianos were three things that looked like urns now to explain i'm of chinese descent and these urns really freaked me out Some people think that they're for displaying, but we used to store dead people's ashes and things like this, so I really, really didn't like them being there. I told my dad, and he didn't like it either, but he went and tapped the urn, what the heck, right, to see if there was something in it, but he couldn't tell, though. He did mention though that the one that he tapped was definitely used for ashes before. It had scripts on it for like safe passages to heavens and stuff from what I could make out. But after I stopped freaking out I went and picked the first dibs on the biggest room as per my usual but then noticed that there were heaps of mirrors around the room. Again to uh, another thing, not sure if it's a Chinese thing or not but, but we don't like sleeping with mirrors facing us when we're in bed if we can help it. So, I went to move one of them, which was smack bang in the front of the bed. It was leaning against a door, and when I took the mirror away, the door actually opened ajar a little. That freaked me out a bit. I got my dad, and we decided that it was better that I slept with my mum in another room, and he would take this room with my brother. There was another room, but it's getting long, so let's skip that bit So again, my dad being dad, he opened the door a little and shouted, "Hello." before I told him to shut up. I had a peek inside, but couldn't make out much, only that it was dusty and seemed to be a part of the other half of the house. But my dad, soon after, put a chair in his suitcase on top of it, in front of the door to keep it shut. So fast forward that night, everyone was sleepy and went to bed. I stayed up a little because I had some emails from work to catch up on, and I went to work in the living room area. And at one point in the night, I would say around 11.30, I remember there were a few thumps on the roof. It sounded like maybe somebody's footsteps, then followed by the loudest and most horrendous sound. It sounded like a train was on top of me. It was screeching like steel on steel, and it lasted for maybe 30 seconds. I literally froze at that point, didn't know what to do or what was going on. Thought my dad would come and check me, but no one ever did. I didn't say anything until the next morning because I thought that, well, maybe I imagined it out of tiredness or something. But the following night, the same thing happened, except I was in bed this time, just got into it as well, so not asleep yet, and it was around the same time that the exact same noise started up again. My mum woke up but was frozen like me, dad came to check on us, but we were all just frozen there listening to this noise, wondering what the heck it was. After it stopped, we were freaked out but managed to sort of shrug it off and we all just went to sleep. But before I fell asleep, I distinctly remember hearing some faint thumbs that stopped shortly after it started. The next morning comes though and we kind of had a meeting of some sorts to discuss this. And this is when I told them about the first night before. We were extremely unsettled at this point and luckily it was checkout day so we just got out of there and we never really found out what it was. But here's the creepy part. So after we packed up and we were well away from the place, dad was driving but he looked really disturbed so I asked him if he was okay and he said to me, I am now but I didn't have a good sleep last night. I pressed him a bit and asked him if it was the noise. He said no, that didn't bother him much compared to another thing he experienced. What was bothering him most was that when he left for our tour on the second day, he still had his suitcase on top of the chair blocking the door to his room. He had just showered, so he also left the towel on the chair to hang, and he said that when he came back, he noticed that the door was slightly ajar, the chair had moved slightly and the towel was now on the floor as if someone had tried to push it from the other side but unsuccessfully after they noticed that there was a lot of stuff on the other end. I forced him to ask the host about the noise in the door and she replied that the door was the door to her art room and that the noise was just a possum on the roof. I really don't believe it though because the noise was not something an animal or perhaps even a human can make. I'm a sheriff's deputy in a fairly busy county and along with this job comes the unfortunate familiarity with what a decomposing human body smells like. To me it's very similar to an animal carcass but with a much more sweeter odor. Not sweet in the sense that I enjoy it, heck no. That smell normally means a bad night for me in fact and another gruesome memory to add to my catalog of things that I would rather forget. But anyway, with that out of the way, I'll get to what happened. So last night I was patrolling a geographically isolated area of the county, which is a very large and sparsely populated place. Having completed the hour-long track to the northwestern county line, I began driving through the mountains back towards civilization. About 25 miles from town, or the closest semblance thereof, I hit a straight stretch of highway through a wide valley. Since the weather was nice I had my windows rolled down and as I passed the entrance of an old logging road that familiar smell of sweet rot suddenly just filled my car. Not just a whiff as well but a cloud of it filled the cab as if there was a weak old human corpse sitting in the front seat next to me. It was all too familiar but this time there was something else that I just couldn't place. It lingered for a few moments and then went away just as quickly as it had entered. Realizing what I had just smelled, my heart sank and uh, I pulled to the side of the road. I told myself that it was just a dead animal in the ditch and that my mind was playing tricks on me. I turned my car around and drove slowly back towards the logging road. The closer I got, the smell became stronger and I grew more certain that uh, I was about to find uh, another body. Holding onto a shred of hope that I was wrong though, I parked my unit on the side of the highway just before the dirt road. I radioed to dispatch told them my location and that i would be out of my unit for a moment i didn't say why to avoid an awkward disregard on a possible body on the side of the road but i shone my flashlight into the ditch and into the encroaching briars and weeds as i walked closer to where i believed the source of the smell was once i was a few yards away from the dirt road i saw the opening of a concrete culvert going under the highway at this point the smell was nearly as strong as it was when i had first passed it The opening of this place was about I would say three feet in diameter just large enough to hide a body inside. I cursed and held my breath as I leaned over and shined my light inside but when I did it was just uh, an empty tunnel stretching the width of the highway. Somewhat relieved I must admit I just sort of stood there and looked around. It honestly smelled as if I was standing on top of whatever was emanating the odor though. I searched around the brush for a moment, but I didn't find anything. Thinking now that the origin may be on the opposite side of the highway, I crossed to the other ditch to continue searching. But as I walked away from the other side of the road, the smell grew fainter. I stopped at the opposite end and peeked inside just to double check, but the odor was nearly gone at this point. I stood up and I checked my surroundings when... I heard a crack in the brush behind me, and the smell just engulfed me, and was even stronger than before. Thinking for a moment that the wind must have shifted, I froze when I realized all of a sudden that the air was dead still. Whether it was fear or something else, a shiver went down my spine. In the distance, I saw headlights coming down the highway. And as the car came near the motor seemed to move away further into the bushes towards where i had heard the crack the car stopped and the passenger rolled down the window and asked if i was all right i lied and i told him that i was i thanked him for checking and walked briskly to my car as they drove away and after that i just got the heck away from there once i was able to get cell service i called my friend who was patrolling the opposite side of the county I explained what happened, trying not to let off that I was spooked. Once I was done, though, he paused for a moment, then asked about the unusual hint of something which accompanied the smell. He asked me if it was sulfur, and I put two and two together, and I must say that it definitely was that sort of sulfur smell. I asked if he thought that I had found a demon in the middle of nowhere, to which he responded with a concerned yes. A little background on this guy as well, he's the son of a missionary and has been around the world a lot, he has seen or rather smelled this before and told me that it was a very concerning experience, I'll admit too that this spooked me even more because his responses were very out of character for him, also I know from experience that this community is very resourceful and provides helpful feedback, so what the heck do you guys think happened? Has anyone had anything even remotely similar occur to them? There's always the chance of a very scientific explanation, I know that, and I hope that one is out there that could explain it away. If you're familiar with my previous stories, then you know that I've had some other encounters in the past, which included an encounter with a possible possession. I'm open to any advice or guidance, though. I mean, I know how to fight criminals, but an evil spirit? Not so much. And to answer a question that I know is coming, yes, I will be going back there tonight when I get off work.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs,
1: Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings, with over 1 million available units, and with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for, and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. In the summer of 2018, I was in a long-distance relationship. Not that long, he had only lived about four hours away. That was pretty serious, but also pretty new at the time. My boyfriend, who had driven those four hours to see me on every break that we had from school, essentially begged me to come and visit him in his grandmother's house. I didn't have a car at the time, but I really wanted to impress him and show my dedication to the relationship by going to visit him. So I dropped some coin on a Greyhound bus and I was excited to meet up with him. At first, everything seemed fine. I took a seat at the back of the bus because I really didn't want to speak to anyone, but the bus was pretty full, so inevitably this guy sat down next to me. No red flags, just seemed like a regular guy in maybe his late 20s or early 30s, so I put my earbuds in and I just ignored him. Before I continue, I would like to highlight some character flaws of mine at the time that this happened though, when I was 18. So... I was an extremely non-judgmental person and tended to see the best in people even to a fault. This tends to land me in some very bad and sometimes dangerous situations. At 18 I simply didn't know any better and kind of overlooked potentially concerning actions. So there was a guy in the seat in front of us who would not stop talking to no one in particular but he was facing a girl in the next set of seats across from mine. Again I didn't really want to judge I mean, maybe he had some type of mental problem that he couldn't help and he wasn't doing any harm. So I just ignored him too and continued to stare out the window, listening to music. That is, until he turned around and just stared at me. Now, I might have been naive, but I'm not stupid. A chill ran through my spine as I made eye contact with this man... He had these cold, callous eyes, and his skin lacks so much saturation that it looked like he'd been covered in dust. I take out my earbuds, and he immediately turns to the guy next to me, and they engage in conversation. I was also really set on edge when I overheard them discussing how they were both ex convicts that recently got out of prison. Now, I remember me being non judgmental? Well, I figured that maybe they served prison time for something that was minor, given their access to a public bus. I'm really not sure how all of that works, obviously. They don't do background checks for a Greyhound bus, but still, I tried not to think anything of it. The man in front of us turns to me now, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he called me Baby, which kind of freaked me out a bit, but I couldn't say that I wasn't used to it. I figured that it was just another grown creep hitting on me. So annoyed I put my earbuds back in and ignored him until the bus stopped at my rest stop. Most people got off including the guy next to me leaving just me and the guy in front of me in the back of the bus. He asked if I could come up and sit next to him to make friendly conversation and my dumb ass actually did it. Keep in mind that I was 18 and unfathomably stupid and I also like the gut feeling that something was wrong. But he starts telling me that he just got out of prison and hasn't seen a woman in a long time. I said something along the lines of, that's unfortunate, and inched away from him. He scooted over to me so that our legs were touching and I think that's when my heart rate really started to pick up. The next thing I know as well, his hands are on me. He's wrapped them around my waist and went on about how small I was and then commented about how it had been so long since he last touched a woman. Well, I was completely paralyzed. I had no idea what to do. He kept going on about how I should be a model while continuing to grope me. Again, I was absolutely terrified and couldn't bring myself to move. Soon enough as well everybody got back on the bus including the guy who sat next to me who shot the other man a weird look that prompted him to let me go. I scrambled out of the seat and still sat behind him not knowing what to do but feeling safer that other people were on the bus now he didn't bother me again after that so I just prayed that it would stay that way. But it gets worse so the bus stops at another rest stop and this time I get off not wanting to be stuck in that vehicle again. I'm just chilling as much as one can be chill after something like that. When a girl that I recognized from the bus came up to me and she said, hey, uh, that guy that was just talking to you just left in a car, but I thought I should let you know that he's circling the building. He keeps leaving and then coming back. I'm sorry that I didn't say anything earlier. I thanked her for the warning and I put on a hoodie in 85 degree weather and flipped up the hood so that he couldn't see me get back on the bus. And luckily after that, I never saw him again. I was too embarrassed to tell anyone what had happened due to my lack of competence and general understanding of how the world can be. And when I met up with my boyfriend, I gave him the very vague details, wanting to forget it ever happened. But now I I don't think that that's possible. I didn't believe in ghosts for the first 22 years of my life, always thought that there was some reasonable explanation to hauntings and honestly, I, I still kind of do. Maybe it's not a ghost, maybe some kind of weird gravitational energy messing with things, I'm not sure, but anyway, here's my story. So my roommates and I, D, moved out to Colorado with meager savings into a small cabin that was pretty out in the boonies. Our closest neighbors use their cabins as summer homes, so we didn't really have anyone nearby. That's what's cool about living in the mountains, though. There's a sense of, like, total isolation that you won't get anywhere else. You can turn off everything in your living space and hear nothing except the breeze and no highways or car alarms. Just nothing. It's very uh, peaceful, to be honest. But after the first week or two in this cabin... Dee and I both began noticing some weird things happening. First was this eerie feeling that we got. I remember Dee once joking with me that he didn't like being in the cabin alone because it gives him creepy vibes. There was one back room in particular where if you stood in it at night that you would feel like you were being watched. Sometimes I would come home from work and just have this sense of total dread and unease. At the time I just wrote it off as me being paranoid. You know, hallucinating stuff that isn't there because I wasn't used to the total silence and the winter isolation. But then I started noticing stuff getting moved around as well. One morning my car keys would be missing and I'd frantically be searching only to find them in a really weird spot, like on top of our refrigerator or something like that. I honestly thought that it was de-messing with me but he kept insisting that it wasn't. Soon, he started having his stuff get moved too and he would get really pissed off at me thinking that I was trying to prank him back. And then One night, we were sitting around playing video games when something just flew across our field of vision. We both looked at each other for a second before realizing we both saw it. For context too, the cabin was a, a typical A-frame so for the most part it was one big room separated into a loft and a downstairs with the kitchen in our beds at one end and the living room, TV, wood stove at the other end. So whatever small object flew across the room had gone from the kitchen all the way to the front door. We examined it closer and found out that it was a a single green bean from our meal that evening. We just kind of held it up and looked at it for a second. It had flown all the way across the house from the stovetop in the back of the way to our front door. We didn't really have anything to say about it too because, well, it was just super weird. But the next morning was when I knew that our house was haunted. So I was watching TV in the front room when suddenly there was a huge loud crack. And the roll of paper towels that we had sitting in our kitchen counter just flies across the room, knocking things off the table and spilling water everywhere. And the roll had been thrown with huge force like let me clarify this too to the point where I thought Dee had tried to chuck it at me so I angrily turned around to tell him off but when I did I realised that Dee was in the shower the whole time getting ready for work I felt a chill go down my spine some force or spirit or ghost or whatever you want to call it had thrown this across the room Dee didn't believe me when I told him, and I don't blame him really, but he soon came to his senses as well. So the next couple of months spent there was just absolute craziness. Everything from car keys to full decks of cards to box cutters would be thrown around our apartment right in front of our eyes. We'd hear weird growling sounds at night that sounded like they were right in the middle of our house. To be fair though, sound carries weird in the mountains so we maybe just heard some nearby animals on this one. But one time my roommate stormed out of the shower furiously and says, What the hell man? Why would you turn the lights out of the shower like that? I told him that I had no idea what he was talking about but by far the most frustrating thing was definitely how our stuff just kept going missing. I mean, it got ridiculous One night we left our cars in a very particular spot just to see if they'd moved in the morning and when we woke up sure enough they were gone but not just that they'd been tucked between the pages of To Kill a Mockingbird on our little bookshelf. It took us hours to find them as well. Another morning I couldn't for the life of me find my phone so we tried calling it and it would ring sounding loudly throughout the house but we just couldn't pinpoint the exact spot. Finally though we tracked the ring into the bathroom but it sounded like it was coming from behind the damn wall. The vanity sort of hung there so I figured, ah screw it, it's probably in the wall seeing how weird everything is anyway, maybe there's a hole or something. So I took the vanity off its hanging nail and as soon as I moved it, my phone slid out of the back and clattered on the floor. At that point, Dee and I looked at each other and his face was totally pale like how the hell could that even happen? How was that possible? But the haunting just got to the point of all being silly. We had a friend come visit and as soon as he opened the door my car keys were thrown at her face from across the room. She was like wait is this cabin haunted? We kind of joked like yeah things get thrown around sometimes you just have to ignore it but after that she didn't want to stay there anymore and that was the point when I asked my landlady if she could provide some history on the cabin that we were renting. She got super defensive about it as well and claimed that she owned it for years and never had anything weird happen. But long story short, we eventually got evicted a couple of months later. I won't go into why because there was really no good reason for it and it's not the point of this story. But yeah, The uneasiness persisted till we moved out, although in the last month of living there, the ghost, or whatever you want to call it, chilled out on throwing objects at us. And I still don't have a concrete explanation for the weird stuff that happened, but after that, I definitely was more open-minded about ghosts and spirits and other stuff like that that we just don't understand. So, before I start this story, I just want to say that I would love if any of you have any sort of explanation to offer for it, and I hope you enjoy. So, this happened to me when I was 17, around the time when most of my friends were just getting their driver's license. We all had that rush for cars back then, so it was quite common for us to skip school and go for a ride out of town. The city where I lived is surrounded by forests and two mountains so we basically had a lot of places to go and chill. And One day my friend was very excited to show us a place that he had found online, possibly on Reddit or something, for which people said that was quite odd. We looked it up and apparently it had a reputation for being a bit of a paranormal site And being the typical group of teens, we collectively agreed to check it out ASAP, including me, who more or less believed in spiritual stuff at that time. So going up the mountain, we were listening to the radio until we lost the station to static, which for obvious reasons is what the radio does when we go deep into the woods. This entire experience though is happening during a summer night, so we were feeling pretty careless and as excited as a person can be. Having no music to listen to though, we started talking and discussing our expectations for this place, with most of us having no expectations at all, just a lot of curiosity. But our conversation was suddenly interrupted by the loud static coming from the radio that we turned off just a few minutes ago. We were all a bit startled, but still nothing out of the ordinary, I suppose. It happens again a few minutes later, and we all looked at the radio because... It was definitely still off. We quickly dismissed this as something that radios do for some reason and again didn't pay much attention, thinking that it was an electrical fault. But the third time that it happened, the driver hit the brakes and stopped the car. He turned to us and yelled, Man, did you hear that? What was that? Claiming that he had heard a voice this time. None of us heard anything except static. But the driver said that he had had enough and he switched the engine off so there was just no possible way for anything including the radio to be working. We sat there like that for a while as well in pitch blackness because there were no city lights around us and the forest had covered all other light sources like stars and the moon. You couldn't even distinguish a night sky that's how dark it was but then all of a sudden the light indicating the radio turning on and soon after, the static came again. I could tell too that we were all feeling a bit anxious by then. But through the static came a female voice as well singing and it was almost silent but you could definitely hear it. For a second it got louder and then sort of fell back to silent again and, and just vanished. But even weirder, the static vanished too. Once we switched the car back on and we turned the headlights on, we observed what seemed to be smudges of fingers all across the windshield. Well, we didn't turn the car around immediately, but I could tell that all of us just wanted to leave. We stopped further on up the hill, took some pictures of the Milky Way, and after that, we just went home. Ever since then, we've speculated about what the heck happened to the radio and the windshield that night. My friends actually went two more times without me to the same place, recording the same, including a a feeling of a small push once the car was off. But, I don't know, what do you guys think? I believe that there could be many logical explanations, but considering the fact that I'm somewhat a person who believes in such stuff and had a bit of an adrenaline rush that night it's just really hard for me to grasp something rational when i was around 13 years old and at the shopping center with my parents i wanted to go off on my own and wander around by myself for a while and so my parents agreed after a little while i was stopped by a woman in casual clothes And she told me that she was an undercover cop and I was suspected of shoplifting. Because I was young, I was terrified. I didn't ask her for ID or anything like that. I just didn't know that I could even question authority. She asked to look through my bag and I let her, insisting that I hadn't stolen anything. She asked me how old I was, who I was there with, and then she asked me something that still sends chills down my spine. Are your parents expecting you to go home with them tonight? I told her, of course they were. Why wouldn't they be? She then insisted that I had to follow her to go and figure out this shoplifting thing, so I went. She was leading me towards the exit, and by the grace of God, before we got there, we luckily bumped into my dad. He asked what was going on, and I told him... As I was explaining the situation, the woman got on her phone and was talking to someone saying things like, oh this isn't the right girl then huh, then hangs up and says, sorry wrong person and abruptly just walks off. My dad and I just sort of stood there dumbfounded. When my mum found out about the situation she was really unimpressed by the way that the undercover cop handled the situation. So she took me to the center management the next day and complained to them about how I was treated by their undercover cop. When the woman answers, uh, we don't employ undercover cops in this center. I have no idea what that woman had planned for me, but I thank my lucky stars every day that we ran into my dad. Here in South Africa, we're in lockdown right now. I meant to travel for work to Santa Barbara, but since we're under lockdown, we can't really go anywhere. So, I'm an entrepreneur with a tech startup here though, and since I travel mostly, I make use of the Regus co-working space for a hot desk or meeting room. It's quite flexible, and there's always coffee and pretty girls coming in and out, so that's always nice. Since COVID-19 broke, however, I saw Regis as a public or corporate office with many people coming in and out. Therefore, I was now stuck with no office. But a buddy of mine told me that he has an entire unused area at his house behind some offices. I would be alone. I'd have my own kitchen, lounge, TV, bathroom, everything. But the catch? I would have to park on the road. So let me quickly explain the way the road is. It's a wide, steepish road with a massive park and a zoo on the left, with three entrances and parking and houses and businesses on the right. I use this road quite often to go to Florida Road, a popular bar and food district, but there's only streetlights on the houses and businesses side. As there was a red line or no parking line alongside the road on the right and the left, I had to park outside the park. So I parked in the first parking nearest to the building that I was working at, It wasn't near and I still had to walk a few meters, but this story takes place one night before the lockdown. So I had a call with a company in Denver, Colorado, which I had to start at 6 p.m. SAST. It went well and I decided to pack up and leave. I wore formal shoes and carried my laptop on my back. Being paranoid, before I left, I looked on the CCTV before opening the gate and I didn't see anyone outside. I then proceeded to buzz myself out, lock up and walk out and uh, I don't know how too but in the time that it took for me to walk from the building to the gate, a man appeared. He seemed drunk or high maybe and just sort of hanging around against the fence on the side of the road my car was, wearing a hooded sweatshirt with the hoodie down, torn brownish jeans and sneakers. I started walking and looked down, keeping track of him from the corner of my eye Mine was the only car left, so I would assume that he knew that it was mine. And as I got closer to the car, I noticed him starting to walk out toward me. I ignored it. He was still walking diagonally, trying to cut me off. He then said, as he was about five meters away now, ''Hey, let me help you with your bag.'' Now, I had a comfortable laptop back on. I was walking hands-free, and yet he asked to help with my bag... In South Africa, car guards usually help you with your grocery bags and expect a 5 or 10 czar tip. But not this guy. This guy knew what I was doing, where I was going, and what I was carrying. To make matters worse as well, he had his left hand in his hoodie pocket and was now walking much faster. And then, it all went down in a split second. He suddenly lunged at me, but being a football player, I feigned left and I went right, In that split second too, I thought that if I ran to my car, which was still another 10 or 15 meters away, I would have surely not made it. I am fast, but fumbling with my keys, opening the door, getting in, I wasn't confident. So instead, I made the decision of jumping the fence into the now dark park. I made it with one leap over, albeit slower since my laptop backpack kept bouncing on my back, But as soon as I hit the ground, I took my laptop bag off, held it in my hand, and I just went for it. I looked quickly for a dark spot to hide, so I ended up behind a massive tree in the park. There were a few of them, but it was the only one that didn't have a light hitting on it. I heard him running and slurring his words and saying something like, Just give me the bag. But my car was on the other side of a tennis court, and if I could get to the tennis court, sneak around that, and then run to the car... I think that I would make it. But there was a lit open space between this tree and the tennis court, and he was running straight through that space, so I watched the angle of him running and slowly rounded the tree to keep myself out of his line of sight. Quite honestly, too, I think him being high or drunk or whatever helped me immediately here because as he ran straight past and toward the other side of the park, he didn't seem to get me. When he was a distance away, which could have been more than 20 metres, I suppose, i made a break for it not being quiet anymore now too i pushed away every branch and leaf which he heard and turned around and saw i burst around the tennis court stupid because i could have just went back the way that i came i know but i turned around and saw him yelling and running back at me stumbling every now and then too but picking up the pace and then actually gaining on me and now i could see that he had a knife and it was out I puffed my way up the hill, opened the car, and jumped in. I locked the door with my laptop on my lap and started my car. And when I looked back at the darkness, he was just gone. He must have slunk back into the park when I was out of range, but where he went, I don't want to find out. I skidded, drove the heck out of there, and I won't say that I won't work there again, because I would. Maybe next time... I'll Uber it. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family, and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.